I'm Josh, and my mission is simple. I teach tens of thousands of home service business owners like you how to grow a profitable seven-figure business. Every week, I deliver mind bombs and systems designed to help you gain mastery over marketing, admin, production, and sales inside your company. Each week, I'll open up the vault so you can finally take hold of the life and business you deserve. There is only one thing between where you are today and where you want to be, and that is the growth you're willing to endure. You're in the right place. Welcome to the Growth Vault. Hey, my friends. Welcome to the Growth Vault Podcast. Josh here. Hope you're doing awesome, because that's what I say on every podcast, and I mean it, though. Just because I say a lot doesn't mean I don't mean it. I do. I hope you're doing great. Uh, We're right in prime time now for most home service companies, and I got a treat for you today. My, my brother from another mother, my slightly older bald brother from another mother, mother Brian Hegarty, is going to hang out with us and he's got some crazy stuff to share. Uh, you know, we text each other and talk on the phone periodically and he was sharing with me the, the numbers he's producing right now and it broke my brain a little bit. And so I demanded that he come on here and teach you guys some things that he's doing because it's pretty amazing. So Brian, you look great. How you doing? I'm feeling really good, man. And you didn't say anything about how nice my hair looks, man. I just got it. It looks great. Yeah, your eyebrows. Your yeah, eyebrows are good. really dialed in. Looking good, man. <laughs> I got the whole, I got my own like razor for COVID. So now I'm just doing my own head. I go outside on the porch and do my head. Looking great, man. You look like I'm a boxer. Good. Hey, right now, um, Ellen and I are doing 75 hard. Did you ever hear about that? Yep. Yeah, I did it for a solid, right? a solid five days. And then I, uh, May or may not have totally failed and quit. Yeah, we're on. Uh, let me see. I think we're on. Yeah, day we're on day forty-two right now. Jeez. Yeah, we're killing it. We're having so much fun doing it, man. And it's like, you know, it's it, it's just. I think it's good for the mind. You know, it's like. Yeah. I, I really feel really good about it. I mean, having to do two forty-five minute workouts a day is nothing. I mean, like I do, I would do that anyway. And reading ten pages of a book, I I love to read, so that's good. I always eat clean and. um you know, just putting like drinking and no added sugar. I feel so great from not having the sugar and drinking a gallon of water a day, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, like even being an old guy, you got to go to the bathroom a lot anyway. But I'm like, I'm always running now. <laughs> yeah. Well, Andy Frisella, is that who put that together? But Andy Frisella, yeah. It's it's not supposed to be really fitness. I think he designed it to be a mental toughness challenge. That's exactly basically. correct. Yeah. Um, so, which it's yeah, hard. It. It's hard. Yep. Yeah, not for Brian Haggerty, apparently. Things are good here in New Jersey. We just got, uh, they lifted the mask mandate. So now we got like a no mask thing everywhere. Some people are still choosing to wear them, but you know, everybody's just out and about and spending money like crazy. Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying the benevolent government overlords have granted you permission to breathe fresh air? How kind of them? They have. And I, and and what I said, nice of them. But what I said was, thanks a lot, but I've been doing that all along anyway. (laughs) Well, I live in the great country of, I mean, state of Texas now. So um, it's been, it's been cool. We won't go totally political here and alienate everybody because there are some people that disagree with me politically who are going to love the business device that you're going to share. So I want to kind of dive right into it. Bottom line, you have a $350,000 May with a net profit that people aren't going to believe me, but I just screen shared his QuickBooks account and it's real. And he's my friend and it is real anyway, but I won't be surprised when people say this is impossible, but it's not because it's real. Just to reiterate it, $350,000 a month with a net profit of how much was it, Brian? Uh, 46.48. 46% over 46%. So imagine you're grinding in your business. You're trying to do your systems. You're listening to the podcast. It's hard. You're making ends meet. Imagine a few years from now, if you really, you know, take this stuff seriously, what's possible. Brian is, <laughs> what, how much is that net? That's like, it's like, like $150,000 in net. It was like, uh, no, I'm sorry. 163. Yeah. So imagine, I mean, these are life-changing things for people to understand. Now, this didn't happen instantly. Brian's been in business for a really long time, but I can tell you uh, his business was way smaller, maybe five, six, seven years ago. Five, and five years ago, I think when yeah, I met you. Yeah. Five years ago, everything's just shifted. So how did you how did you do it? Just tell us all well, the things. No, number one, I got to give credit where credit's due. And, I, and it's all, I really want to thank you. You changed my life. I've already said that to you before, but honestly, from the bottom of my heart, man, you changed my life. I really appreciate that. Oh, I was like, I can tell you that I was stuck. I was at the, the I think I was like 500 or 550 when I met you. And uh, it was, it was awful. It, it was, I, I you just don't even want to be there between five, 500 and 750. 
you 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 took that thing that used to be really cool where it was just you in a truck and you could work and go fishing in the afternoon or go to the gym. You never had anything to worry about. And you thought, yeah, let me get bigger. So you start getting bigger, but you don't have the systems in place to be able to get bigger. So you make bad hiring choices. You don't have a training program. All of a sudden things are getting damaged. People aren't coming to work. The biggest problem is employees. That's just flat out. The biggest problem is employees because the biggest problem was me. Hmm. I was not a good leader. I was not a business manager. I was not a business owner. I didn't know the first thing about it. I was a good technician. I thought I knew a lot about being a business owner, but I knew like zero zip. And I, I always remember saying to my office staff, Rose, I kept saying, Rose, if I could get this technician thing under control, I, I can make this work, but I can't seem to get it under control. And I would say it this year, and I would say it next year, and I would say it the year after that. And it's just like bang your head on the wall, bang your head on the wall, bang your head on the wall. And finally, I was just going to quit. I was just going back to one truck or just shut it down or sell it. And it really didn't. At that point, it doesn't really have a value. If you think about it, if you have a $500,000 business, you're probably netting $150,000, just round numbers. That's pretty much what, what I look at other guys' books. That's what it is. So you're netting like around $150,000. Maybe you're netting, making $175,000. And, and um, excuse me, I'm sorry about that. And and one hundred and seventy five thousand, and and um, if you think about it though, you're the salesperson, you're the technician when the technicians aren't there, you're the admin, you're the guy who fixes all the machines, you're the, you're the guy who does the marketing, you're the guy who does whatever. If you had to pay people for all those positions to do those jobs, and and realistically, like pay them the right amount of money, like how much would it cost you to have a salesperson? Is fifteen percent of your sales, right? So what's that? Right. Uh, seventy-five thousand on fifty. So seventy-five thousand of your one fifty is just for the sales guy, and then <laughs> yeah. you'd have to pay a technician. That's another thirty thousand a year. And so by the time you're done, there's there's no business to sell. You have maybe twenty thousand dollar profit. You know, maybe maybe if you're lucky, somebody will buy your book and tell you to keep the trucks because they're all beat up and rusted. You know, so I, I knew that like I was like one bus getting hit by one bus, a one heart attack. One falling off a roof. I was that. That was it. My business was done, and I would have no income. That's scary. Mm -hmm. And I thought I either got to get this thing smaller, go get a job, or really figure out how to blow it up. And I remember my accountant saying to me, "Don't get bigger. You'll just be putting out fires all day long. Every guy I talk to that's big is all they're doing is putting out fires all day long." And I thought, "No, that can't be true." Because how does the guy who owns a McDonald's franchise have? 15-year-old kids working in there, 16-year-old kids working in there, <laughs> and the place didn't burn down. Yeah. You know, so there, it's gotta, there's got to be a way. And that's when I met you. And I started, you know, you had the window wealth, and I started looking into the growth wall and learning about systems and everything. But I'll tell you, it's a very interesting thing. The business owners, for some reason, I don't know why, but for some reason, when we need a new car, we will go to the auto parts store, and we will buy every piece of it and put it together ourselves. <laughs> Rather than going out, buying a car, getting yeah. getting dealer financing on the car, and driving away in a car that's brand new and it works. So we sit around like trying to put a car together. And then when we get it together and it's you know going down the road, bumpy, 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 we realize, oh yeah, now I need to put a supercharger on it. Now I need bigger tires. Now I need a new <laughs> rear. And we just keep fixing this thing. It's that I, that's my equation to that whole thing. It's like, you know, so well, there, there, there's a lot that you unpack there. I mean. I don't know where to start. I mean, uh, last week or maybe two weeks ago, I had an interview series with Kevin Dabrowski all about pricing psychology. Yep. I don't know if you listened to it, but I did. I listened really, in, really interesting. I mean, he's, I always love lis listening to him. And one of the things I know you've done for sure is radically change how much you sell your stuff for and how you do that. You know, the nuance, the objections, that everything from the, your sales training to everything, your literature, the deliverables. Brian, you had also mentioned you got your 1200th, 1200th Google review. Um, you're doing, you're doing some crazy things. Back when you had the $500,000 business and were frustrated compared to now, you know, pricing was probably one of the big things, right? I mean, tell yeah. us about start there, I guess, you know, how, how are you selling at exorbitantly hot profitable prices? Because I know that you're not paying your workers peanuts either. They're making really good money too. Yep. How? Okay. So what, a couple of things that I realized was one, I need to get better hiring system in place and better training. We've done this uh, before in other podcasts. If anybody wants to listen to how I did that, 
they can listen, go back into your vault and look at the other podcast. What first step is you have to have that down because if you don't have the delivery of the thing that you do down, don't go selling stuff because that's just going to end up in chaos. That's going to end up in bad reviews. That's going to end up in damaged property. That's going to end up in all kinds of stuff. So you need to get that part down first. Hiring the, tech, the training. technical training Hiring for your technician. Yep. Yes. When you've got that down and you've got a really good solid crew that you say, I can send Josh and Brandon. I love saying those names. Josh and Brandon out to handle that house and watch that house. And they're not going to have any problems at all. It's all going to get done. And I'm going to get a five-star review out of it because I created the whole system for how that's going to get done in what order it's going to get done. What are the KPIs on that job? How they're going to report it back to me and how they're going to get the five-star review. When you've got all that in place, okay, the next thing is, how do you get them all to work? Okay, so what we started thinking about was there's a sea of sameness. There is not one website that you could go on that's a power washing or window cleaning website or a service website where the guy says, we're mediocre, hire us. Everybody says, I'm the best. I'm number one. We're the number one rating. We're the number one this. We're the number one that. So your, your prospect who's looking at you looks at you and says, they're all the same. It doesn't matter. If you do that, you make a commodity out of yourself and you have to compete on price. There's no other way. You've got to compete on price because you say the same thing as everybody else and there's no difference between you or anybody else. I realized that from reading marketing books because I knew that that's what I need to do next. And I read Kevin's books too. So I looked at it and I said, okay, I need to be unique. What are, our, what are my uniques going to be? What is different about me that nobody could copy? That's going to be really, really hard for them to copy. Hey, try copying 1,200 Google reviews. Try copying that. Try copying 98.98% on-time rating, right? Try copying that. Try copying next day service in June. Mm-hmm. Okay, try copying that. I used to wear the, hey, we're booked out four weeks in advance as a badge of honor. Yes. Oh, I want to talk about we're that. That's good, a- where we're booked out four weeks in advance. You know what your client's saying? Hey, I call up Amazon or I go on the internet and I call, I go onto Amazon and I say, I need a new screwdriver. It comes today. It doesn't <laughs> even come tomorrow anymore. It comes today. I learned that and since I saying, moved to Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And you're saying four weeks. You know what they're saying? No, I'm going to go call Brian. He's coming tomorrow. My estimator is going to be there today. When you call to get an estimate, we have four people out doing estimates. They all have really nice A plus power washing cars. They got computers built into them. They go today. They're at your house. They give you an estimate, they talk to you, they close the deal. By the time my competitors even got home and listened to the message on their answering machine, I already got the job and we're doing it tomorrow. Yep. Speed, velocity. Yes, exactly. But, right. but I mean, how that I, I get why you're gonna crush it with sales on that. And I didn't even realize you did that. So that's that's awesome. But this is a multi-step kind of transition, right? I mean, you, you couldn't have offered that day one when you had no. this systems epiphany. No. Um, so we had to build that. We had to build that in and I had to realize like, we've got to be able to deliver fast service, really fast, efficient service. Okay. Cause people don't want to wait anymore. This is the, this is the age of Amazon where people want it like right now. And so I, everything right now, nobody wants to wait for anything. And so I'm thinking like, okay, we need to be able to figure that out. And I need to be, I need to create a very unique look about our company. I need to be like, there's this restaurant, and you know, I live down in the Florida Keys in the wintertime, right? And there's this yep. restaurant down there called the Steak and, and Lobster House. It is awesome. Off the charts. I don't even know how many reviews they've got. They, this is like a, a, a place on A1A down in Marathon in the middle of like the Florida Keys. And I think they have 15 or 1600 five-star reviews last time I looked, right? And when you walk in there, they've got this glass case. They got the tomahawk steak in there, you know, and they got all the mm-hmm. other pots that they have. Or one day you walk in and it features all the sushi they have is in this glass case. Next day you walk in, it's all the dessert. The sushi bar is like immaculate. The guy's all dressed in like the sushi thing with different colors. You know, he's got the red hat on and all the <laughs> sushi's lined up waiting for people to come pick it up. You go to the table. It's all white linen. The, the knife, when you pick up that knife, man, it weighs like a pound when it's in your yeah. hand. You know, like you're looking at this thing going, nobody's even going to rip this off because you can't carry it out. You know, and and they bring you, when you order a lobster, they bring the butter cold still. They put it on top of a special part of a candle. They light the candle and they put it on there. So it melts while you're waiting for your lobster to come out. 
So you're thinking like, this is going to be really good. Okay, <laughs> The whole time, they've got the butter melting in front of you. They're bringing out, you know, all your appetizers and all this stuff. Everybody's wearing a white shirt with a tie. The service is impeccable. Okay. I'm willing to go out there and pay 300 bucks for that dinner for two people. Yeah. I'm willing to do that because the level of service is prices that you pay values what you get. I see the value in that. That's what I want. I, sure. Can I go to Publix and can I buy a steak, the same steak and go home and cook it on the grill and sit out and hang out and have a beer? Sure. I could do that. But that's not why I go there. I go there because I want like to be treated special to me. Right. You know, tell me if you agree with this. A lot of people, maybe you too, when you started, us service owners, we're not our own customer. Right. We are not our own customer. Now you are, you're making bank and you got Ferraris and Bentleys now. But anyway, <laughs> the, the point is no, though, but <laughs> wait, wait, I want to stop. Stop right there. You Wait, wait. I just want to say this. Josh is wearing Gucci slippers. Tommy Mello bought a new pickup truck. I don't know what the hell's going on. That's, <laughs> that's all I've got. I'm still driving a 2010 pickup truck. Oh, I need to learn from you, my friend. Trust me. Uh, so, but since we're not our own customers, it's hard for us to understand the importance of the experience, the perceived value, kind of the whole process. Because I know for me, I I I, I was confused why people were even paying me to clean their windows. Because I'm like, I would never pay five hundred dollars for someone to clean my windows. Yep. And I felt like that even when the business was working. Like it was weird to me that there's even a market for this. But you know, that's not what your customers are thinking. Right. They want the white right. glove, top shelf luxury service feel. Correct. Right. And so, but that may not be totally true, though, because some of your customers may have that same mindset. Like, how cheap can I get this job done? And I don't really care. Like, um, not to, there's some people that just all they want is the price. That's yeah. it. Okay? Yep. And that's, that's not my customer. That's not my client. All right. So, here's how you figure out who the ideal client is. And number one, you have to remember something. It is not your money. It's not your money. You'd be surprised how much people are willing to pay for stuff. It's not your money. You might only want to pay a hundred bucks for it. They think a thousand bucks is a great deal. Mm -hmm. Okay. So first of all, get that out of your head. When we're, when we're training our salespeople and we train anybody in the company, we train them on what we trademark called the best service anywhere. And that's, we use that restaurant. I had actually talked to the owner of that restaurant and asked her if I could film in a restaurant. We went there and filmed her restaurant. And I have a training video for our, our employees that's called The Best Service Anywhere. And it discusses how we deliver the best service anywhere to our clients. So we have a, it's a that's why we have 1,205 star reviews. What's unique about us is the level of service that we provide. Here's the competition and here's us. There's not even a comparison. It's not, not even this close. It's this far apart. Mm-hmm. So the level of service, how your how your team members treat your, your clients, okay, how you're going to deliver that experience, because they don't know what they're getting until after they get it. Remember that. They don't know what they're getting until after they get it. So everything up until that point is perceived value. They don't know how good a job you're going to do. You can tell them you're going to do a great job, but they don't know. They can only go based on like what kind of... Well, that's a nice looking car. That's a nice looking truck. These people wear nice uniforms. All the videos on their website are nice, friendly people. They have 1,200 five-star reviews that talk about how nice and friendly and polite they are and what a great job they do and what a great deal it is. I have people, we're the most expensive guy by far around you, like probably 40% over our competitors. And I, I don't even track it anymore because I know we're like in the stratosphere. And, and we're constantly booked. Like average week, we do 120 jobs in a week. We have $95,000 weeks. That's you have to couple that together, put it together, right? We send out a two-man crew. Average two-man crew for the day is three thousand bucks. My guys get paid twenty um, percent of the jobs. Two-man crew goes out, they split it ten percent each guy, right? So they're going out, they're making three hundred bucks a day. They can upsell anything out there. They get a ten percent commission for upselling. They get they, plus they get the ten percent for doing the job, and the other guy gets the other ten percent for doing the job. So they may go out with three thousand, but they'll come back with thirty-eight. Mm-hmm. I have guys that make like four or 500 bucks in a day and they're, they're not selling anything that the client doesn't want. Their clients are so happy to get it all done. And, and that's it. But so if you want to really dial it in and find that client, that's got that mindset, here's what you do. This is what we do. You go into your database and you say, I want the top 10% people spent the most amount of money with me, the top 
10% in the last four years. Run that list. Take that list, get on the phone, call. Hey, Josh, this is Brian, A Plus Power Watching. How you doing? Good. Hey, listen, um, I was wondering if you could help me. I'm, you're like one of our ideal clients. I mean, we love doing work with you. You're so friendly. Your house is great. We love, we love the, with the feedback you give us. Can you answer a few questions for me? You have to ask them, what is important to them in a buying decision? Why do they use your company? Okay, we have a whole list of things that we ask them, like the entire list of things. You have to think of these things and ask them these questions, right? And then build that avatar. When you build that avatar, go to a company. You can even take that same avatar and go on Facebook. You used to be able to get like granular like that on Facebook, but you can't get that granular anymore. You know, they, now it's only you can have like, you know, people with X amount of income and that's it. You can't even yeah. say what ethnicity you are, you know, but you can go into um, a mailing list company and say like Melissa data, for instance, or you can go to Dave Carroll over at dope marketing. Right. And you could say, Hey, I, this is my avatar. This is who I want to be advertising to. I want you to just give me a list of these people. Mm. I get a list of those people. Okay. Now you need to know what message you're going to give to those people. Okay. What do they want to hear? Do they want to hear like, you're the best. No, that's not what they want to hear. They want to hear everything about them. They, this whole thing is about them. So I, I loved how Lisa McQueen used to do it. She used to say, every single thing you say, say, so you can. Like, we deliver fast service, so you can relax. Okay, so, so you can. Every mm -hmm. single message that you give them has to be about them. You know, we have 1,200 reviews, so you don't have to worry about our reputation. Right. You're like whatever it is that. It yeah. Is, you know? No, that's yeah. gold, Brian. So you need to you need to make sure that your message is really, really clear to them that you're caring about them when you're caring about you. You know, when you send like a gift, like imagine that this is like a, a like a, you know, a, a Yeti mug or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't send it with your name on it. Send it with their name on it. Mm -hmm. They already know who gave it to them. Every time they pick it up, it's going to say Latimer. Or the Latimer family, right? Yeah, well, I told, up, I told you about the... Oh, yeah, that's the, right. That's Brian, the power washer guy, gave me that. I told you about those knives that uh, John Rulin sent me. He sent me a set of really nice Cutco knives, and they're all laser engraved with the Send Jim logo on it and the Latimer family on them. Oh, that's cool. I mean, there's no possible way I'm ever forgetting that he did that, ever. I've used it as yeah. an example many times on here, but yeah, we small business owners will buy a bunch of coffee cups and put their logo on it, and they think they're really helping someone out by giving them a free coffee cup. <laughs> Nobody wants your stupid coffee cup. Anyway, but I'm, I'm picking up what you're throwing down. So is there anything you do on the phone to, to try to pre-qualify people before you go do the same day estimate? Or do you oh, just yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So what does that have, look like for you guys? Well, we have we have four four ladies in the office that answer the phone, and we pick the phone up. Like it's you, we tr we track that. That's one of the KPIs that the, how they get their their bonus. We we give weekly bonuses to everybody in the company, and they have key performance indicators that we do for everyone. And one of the things is they have to get the phone by the second ring. Okay. So phone rings, ring, ring. A plus power washing. This is Laura. How can I help you have an A plus day? Okay. And then she goes. And the lady says, hi, Laura, I'd like to get my house washed. Okay. Laura has a whole script that she goes through. Have you ever had it done before? Um, are you, why aren't you using the same company? If you haven't had it done before, she goes into a whole line of things. We tell them we have a $300 minimum because we, we can't send trucks out for less than 300. A lot of times that just kills the deal right there. They want to get a patio or a deck done. It's not going to be 300 bucks. And right. we just tell them that's it. We, we actually have people that say, that that would be fine. Just come out and charge me three hundred because I heard you guys are really good. Like, and you're there for what? If you're there for fifteen not my minutes, money, man. You know, uh, yeah. they also say to people, "Listen, Josh, I just want to be totally honest with you. We are we are clearly able to handle your job, and I'm hundred percent confident we can do it and and make it come out perfect. I just want to let you know though that we are not the cheapest, and if you're looking for the cheapest, we're probably not going to be a good fit." I don't know what the exact language is. I'd have to go back and read the script, but they use the script every day. And, and they, they say that. So the people, we set the expectation that if you're shopping price, forget about it because we're not the guy. We never deviate. We never discount. And, and when people say, well, I shouldn't say we never discount. We do give a military discount. And generally when that happens is like we walk up and we'll see a military flag flying, you know, Marine or Army or Navy or Coast Guard. And we, we just don't say anything to them. 
We go there with the estimate, with the discount on it, and we say thank you for your service to our country. And, and that's what they say. And it's just like built right in. We don't even say, oh, geez, and you can have a 10% discount. We just figure it in because it's our duty to do that. I, I believe it is our duty to do that. God, that's so awesome. Yep. So um, we just build it right in. So, so there is there is pre-qualification. You're getting higher prices, but you're doing all these things that I talk about on this show. If everybody would just do what I say, but we talk well, about implementing is the hardest thing. We're trying to build yeah. like you're trying to build the car. You know, like you're, you're actually taking all these pieces and trying to put them in and you've got, you know, the phone ringing and Jim didn't come to work and now they got to do this and that. There's a lot going on. I will tell you that it took five years. I, it took five years to get to this point. We should clear 2 million this year. We were like, 1.5 last year and like 1.4 something the year before. And um, the only reason we didn't hit 1.5 last year is I, I don't want to blame it on COVID, but we took all our condo projects. We don't do a lot of condo projects, but we had condo projects in July that we always stack them there because that's when it slows down for us. And when everything stopped in the, in the spring, we moved them all up. So we had kept our guys busy. So mm-hmm. when we hit July, we didn't have our reserves. Sitting there. Right. So this year we're working around that because we're we're really phasing out um, condominium projects. They're just not profitable anymore in our market. Um, there was a, a project we did since 1994 up until 2019. We, we did a third of it every year and we did it for 90 bucks a unit. Since 1994, never raised the price. Wow. Since 1994. <laughs> wait, wait. In 2019, they put it out to bid. I had three-year contracts and expired in 2019. They put it out to bid. 57 bucks was the winning bid. Really? Okay, wait. 2017, I power washed this place out in Dayton called The Villages. 45,000 bucks. It was competitive bid. I bid against other guys. We came in in the middle and they chose our company based on our presentation. We did the job. They were totally happy. Everybody was raving about us. The board the board changed, same property manager. They rebid it in 2021. And I said, um, Okay, well, we'll just give you the same price. We're not even going to raise the price, even though things have gone up. Okay, calls me up. Can you do it for twenty-seven thousand? I said I already did it for forty-five. Why would I do it for twenty-seven? Oh, because the bid came in at twenty-seven. So hmm. uh, it's the whole the condominium thing is going in the tank. I talked to the guy. I know who she told me who it was. I called the guy up and I said, "You realize I did that four years ago for forty-five thousand. You left a lot of money on the table." Oh, I didn't know that. I said, yeah. I said, you left a lot of money on the table, number one. I said, I can't understand why you're working so cheap. Well, I want to get in with that property management company. We don't have any jobs with them yet. I'm like, yeah, but every job you do now, you have to do it at half price. And as soon as you don't do it at half price, you're going to find somebody cheaper. You just you just set a new bottom bar. Yeah. Well, I always say how you get them is how you got to keep them. Yep. So, so whether it's stuff the- cheap is, the, is, is my model there. Like, don't pick stuff cheap. And, and, um, you know, so we're, we've gotten away from the, the whole commercial aspect of the thing. This year, we're, we're going to clear $2 million, And I'm, I'm not like bragging about that. I'm just saying we have a focus. We're going to $10 million. So th- that's all organic. Now we're doing acquisitions. We're doing some mergers. I'm looking at some JV partnerships and stuff with other companies. And, and um, we're actually like going out that way. It's faster growth for us. And um, we can actually like, you know, I was talking about building that car. We already have the car. So we can take the car, put it right into your business and just blow it right up. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing a half million bucks. We come in with all our systems already done, plug it into your thing. I, I think in the first year we could do three quarter. And then after that, we're like a million and a half. Are you, are you doing like an outreach campaign to local competitors to kind of put bugs in their ear to, to maybe sell to yeah, you? Or what's like, your strategy with that? Uh, like hardcore marketing. Yeah. Yeah. We're sending them out confidential letters and, and, um, you know, we got quite a few responses. There's, it's, it's difficult now. There's a lot of problem getting employees to do the technical work. Um, we, we, have, we don't have that problem because people want to come work for us because, I mean, they make, look at it this way. They make 300 bucks a day working for us and they make $15 an hour working for you. Like, where, where are they going to go? Yeah. Plus, we give health benefits, paid vacations, uniforms, paid holidays. You know, we give bonuses. We take our employees out to breakfast. The whole company, every Saturday morning, take them out to breakfast. Um Every the second Wednesday of every month, we take everybody out to dinner. And the fourth Wednesday of every month, we go out to an extravaganza, which is like we went hatchet throwing, uh, not this month, last month. This month, we went to I Play America. I don't know if they have those by you, but it's like top indoor top golf and laser tag and indoor go karts and stuff. And we took everybody out there and had a blast. And well, let me ask you a question. So, 
I've always said on this on this show that I, as ironic as it might seem to a small owner, uh, it's easier to run a systemized machine of a multi-million dollar business than it is to run the $373,000 a year business for the reasons you're talking about. You have infrastructure, team systems, workflow, automation. There's things happening. You have a distribution of labor across all these people. You have leaders and managers and KPIs. And because of that, you know, it's the middle of the afternoon in the middle of the work week. You guys, your guys are out making a whole bunch of money today, I presume. And we're hanging out and you're talking to me, right? Yesterday, so, I went fishing all day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have a like I don't really have a job in the company anymore. Like I might like if I you look at my organization chart, like I'm not the head of anything anymore. Yeah. And so what, what I want to do everybody. So if you were speaking to the the small owner operator or the three hundred thousand dollar company or the five hundred thousand, what do they do first, right? Because you have this shiny Lamborghini over here. They're riding a broken bicycle and they they get it. Like they're listening to you right now and they get it. It makes sense. I mean, how do they compete with you? They can't. But if, if you had to go back and you had to compete with you, okay, maybe that's a good way to word it. I, I snap my fingers and you have to do three seasons trying to build to a million dollar business competing against you, but you have no resources, right? You have 10 grand in the bank and you got one crew, what do you do? I mean, what what would be your focus, your strategy, kind of the first few things that you would focus on to, to start moving in the right direction? If I only had one one crew, um, I would raise my prices. I would not be, I would, I would do what, I, what we did is we do is called demand pricing. So if we're booked out a week, like if Monday morning, we come into the office and we're already booked a Friday and we're booking the following week, we raise our prices 15%. How much? 15, one five. Got it. Yep. And then if we, if, if we get to the end of the week, let's say, like, like, let's say we're filling up this week and we did not raise our prices this week. Okay. We're filling up this week and it's light at the beginning of next week. We'll do recovery. We'll call the people from two weeks ago or three weeks ago and say, Hey, we're having a flash sale. I can give you 15% off of that. If you book for next week. Okay. And so really I'm bringing it down and giving it my regular price anyway. Okay. Yeah. This is the exact strategy that, that we use too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. Demand pricing. Listen, nothing says you have to have fixed pricing at all. But what what you have to do is have it across the board the same. Because if your salesperson, <clears throat> we call ours customer care specialist, but if your salesperson gives an estimate on a deck for three hundred, and the technicians go out there and they say it's going to be two hundred, looks like the salesperson was trying to rip them off. So right. everybody's got to be on the same page, all by square footage. So here's what I would say. First thing I would do. Get everything, all your pricing down by square footage. If anybody wants a price sheet, I'm going to send it to Josh. I just asked Josh for it, and Josh will give you my price sheet. You can have it. Okay. Sure. So, we'll put it. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. Put a link in the show notes. Okay. Any anybody can have my price sheet, and you know what we're charging right now, so that you know what's reasonable. And listen, don't think like, oh, Brian's in New Jersey. People spend more money there. That that's a, your self limiting belief. That's your own self limiting belief. Because there's guys in New Jersey that aren't charging my price because they think they can't get it. We're doing $95,000 a week. Apparently, people are willing to pay that price. Well, yeah. And the net is what's crazy. And what, you know, part of the thing I think we talked about with Kevin was if you raise your prices 20%, you don't raise your profit by 20%, you no. double your profit in a lot of cases, right? So an, sure. an, a regular average business is only going to profit 20%, let's say. And and if they raise their... So if you did 100,000 in a month and you get to keep 20% as profit, but let's say you had sold the same exact amount of work, but for 120,000, now you have 40,000 in profit, more or less, generally speaking. But it has an exponential effect on, on what you net when you get premium pricing. It does, but I want to point out something that gets you even more return than that that people don't think about. It's cutting your expenses. That's Which ones? That's even that's even makes even more profit for you. Think about this: if you're paying like uh, I don't know two fifty a gallon for chlorine, right, and you can get your supplier to knock a dime off or a, a quarter off, it goes right on your bottom line. That's profit. That's right on your bottom line. Okay, if you can. Um, get your insurance company to reduce the price for your insurance or figure out, get a higher deductible and reduce your insurance costs. There's a great book. It's it's an old book, but it's a great book. It's called Doubling Your Profits in Six Months. And it's written by, um, hang on a second. It's written by, oh, I keep switching over to the thing. 
uh, about this book. Uh, Bob Pfeiffer, F-I-F-E-R. And it's about how to cut your overhead in your business. Maybe like, okay, imagine this. Everybody that's, that because of COVID, everybody that has that fancy office in downtown wherever and had 30 little cubicles for all their people just realized like, hey, I don't need this office. And I, I've never needed this office. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've been paying $20,000 a month rent for this office for 10 years. I wish I had that money in my pocket. So start looking at stuff like that. Do you really need the big warehouse? We don't, we don't have a big warehouse. I'm a $2 million company. We don't have a big warehouse. We, we need, uh, where, where, what is your, your shop set up like at the moment, actually? We have, you were going to build one. And I know that didn't happen, right? So no, what, what we, do you got? We were going to build a shop. And I had uh, an acre and a, and a half of land right on the highway. We're going to build a 5,000 square foot shop. I had six trucks. Okay, we have 16 trucks. I know I would if I if I built that place. By the time I got approval from the town and got approval from the highway department, <laughs> got approval for the it was three years, and I already had grown. And so I thought, like, wait a minute. I, at the time, I think I had like ten trucks, and I'm like, I can't even park my trucks there. My employees there. What so am I thinking you, about? Do you, are your guys taking your trucks home at night? No, no, no. We have a big lot that we rent. We have like a almost an acre, a half acre of a lot that I rent, all fenced in, from a guy who fixes fire trucks. So he's got like, you know, fire trucks and stuff parked back there. Like he does like township fire trucks and county fire trucks and all. Mm-hmm. And we, we rent this whole big thing from him. We've got one of those big, um, those tall storage containers, like a 40 footer. And we set it all up inside of there. We've got, um, uh, I'm seeing your screen, Josh. Yeah. Sorry. I just switched okay. it to my iPad. Yeah. We're, we're um, we set this, this, um, this container up. It's got e-track welded into all the walls. It's got all the shelving in there. So all our supplies and everything the guys need are inside of that thing. Um, there's a, like a little workbench. There's electric there. And that's all you need. And think about this. We're not there. If my trucks are there, I'm not making any money. My trucks need to be at Josh Latimer's house power washing. That's where they need to be. <laughs> so they, they don't need to be in that yard. If my trucks are in that yard, we're not making any money. They just need to be able to go back there, supply up the trucks, fix anything that's broken, and um and and uh and park you know clean the truck and, and whatever so we have uh one of those locations in, in our location in farmingdale and then i bought a building out in in um middlesex county for, that we have like a small garage it's only like a 30 by 16 garage and what we did with that was we made that into a training facility so we have a classroom set up in there when we're bringing in new technicians we bring a class of technicians in there we train them all. It's heated. There's a bathroom. You know, we have trucks there. We wash all. It's it butts up against the residential neighborhood. So we we go uh, and and here's how you get in good with your neighbors. I knock on all the doors. I introduce myself and I say, "Hey, I'm running a training class. Do you mind if I wash your house for free?" <laughs> there so, you go. So we wash the neighbors' houses for free, and now everybody's cool with us. And they think we're the best thing since sliced bread. So anyway, that's uh, um, that's where we keep. We have. So, so let me, let me ask you a couple of questions, a couple yeah, questions. Ahead. One of them is, okay, just to stay on track with, uh, you have to go back in time. You're going to compete with your own company in real time. First thing you're going to do is raise prices. You're going to militantly cut expenses so that okay. you're as profitable as possible. Right. Exactly. Right. And, and, and as a side note, I don't want to totally rabbit trail because I want to focus on the, what we're talking about, but it is interesting to me how militant you are with your expenses, but at the same time, you're super generous with what you do with your company, investing in your team, the outings that you do, the food, the meals, the entertainment, the different things. I mean, obviously we both agree it's a really important expense, but those are those contradictory ideas. You know, some people might think so. No, because everybody's paid on production. So there's no, it's not like, Oh yeah, let me pay Josh $20 an hour. And then he'll get uh, where's it time and a half. So he'll get $30 an hour overtime. And then Josh can just milk the clock for 75 hours. So you go to performance pay. And we went to performance pay three years ago. When I went to go to performance pay, and I was also doing Conquer coaching at the same time. I had a couple of guys, a couple of groups of people that I was coaching in Conquer. And the only reason why I'm not doing Conquer coaching, I don't mean to get off the subject, is because I'm blowing my business up to 10 million. And when I'm done doing that, and I end up selling the whole thing or doing whatever I'm going to do with it, I haven't figured that out yet. But when I get it up to that point, 
I'm probably going to go back to coaching in Cochrane because I really miss it. It's a lot of, a lot of fun. <laughs> It's, it's, awesome. a, it's a lot of fun helping. Well, people, you know? what's going to be crazy is when you sell that, and honestly, you could. Wh- when do you plan to get there? Like four years, five years? Yeah, four years. Yeah. Okay, so four years. You're doing ten. Let's say your net is thirty percent at ten million, which would be absolutely it would probably outrageous. Twenty percent Okay, say it's twenty percent. So two million EBITDA. Right. You're going to be able to sell that for like close to twenty million dollars. Yeah. I know. You, you can get a ten multiple on a business that big. That's I know, crazy. I know that's yeah. the reason why I'm building it. Yeah. And then you're going to invite me down for a steak dinner at that fancy lobster restaurant, right? Dude, I'm just going to buy the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I want a rest- I've always, I've always joked. Go buy a restaurant. That's the worst position. Yeah. To go. Well, I always joke with my friends that the only way you buy a restaurant is as a flex. That's it. Like you buy it just to be like, yeah, just meet me at my restaurant. We'll have, you know, but like you should not care about the profitability at all. It, you no. have to have so much money that it's just like a cool place to hang out for you. No. So, so switch everybody to performance pay. We give 20, the technicians get 20% of the job. They get, um, depending on what level technician they are, um, you, you had asked me before, like what steps I would make. I'd raise prices, reduce overhead, get people on performance pay. But before you do that, you need to create a really good hiring system. So you're hiring the right people. You have to put air into them, appreciation, inspiration, recognition. You have to put air into them every single day. Okay, it's not something like Josh, you said it the best. You don't get on the altar, kiss your wife, tell your lover, and then ne- never tell your lover again. Okay, you have to give air to your employees, right? You have to create a great training system. You have to give them hope. You have to let them know, like, hey, I'm building this business right now. We're only doing 350 or 500 or whatever it is. I'm building it out to a million. I'm going to need the operations manager and I'm going to groom you to be that guy. You need to also invest in yourself. And become a better leader. Learn yes. how to lead. That's that's really important to learn how to lead. Man, this is good. I'm taking notes here because um, we are recording a video of this, so maybe I'll throw this out on Facebook too. But sure, very very cool. interesting stuff. So you have, to, you have to learn how to lead, okay? And then your performance pay. When I first brought performance pay in, my, everybody was looking at me sideways, going like, "Wait a minute, this can't be a good deal because I, I like getting overtime." Okay, well. I explained it to him. I'm like, look, I can send you out with, if I send you out right now with a thousand dollars worth of work for a two man crew, you're going to come back at seven o'clock. If I send you out with $2,500 worth of work, you're going to come back at seven o'clock. I said, you got it in your head. You have to work X amount of hours a day, no matter what, to get your paycheck. What if I send you out with a thousand dollars worth of work and you were done at one o'clock and you were home in your pool? Like go home. So they get the work done faster, but they have to eat their callbacks. So that's how we keep the, the, we only have a 2% callback rate, which is really low. Like in a week, we'll do 120 jobs and we might get two phone calls about like, oh, there's a drip on here or the, there's a streak on my window or something like that because they don't want to go back. It's free for them. The, yeah. the, the sales team, there is no base. What would you do on the sales side? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but this is interesting to think about, but right you're the small company again. Let's say you got a couple guys, they're they're running on performance pay. Um, you're looking to get in your second truck, but you, you have to go and you're going to bid against A plus power washing. Okay. Okay. And I can't compete with 1200 reviews. I can't do next day service yet. I don't have the, the, the infrastructure to do these things. How would you position yourself, you know, to play devil's advocate against yourself? Sure. Like, what would you okay. do? Well, it's all going to keep, listen, people can, People, um, there's no such thing as sales anymore. Nobody is being sold by anybody. You can forget about that. That's gone. The days are like, take the pen and sign a piece of paper, the great card don't thing. Yeah, sell me, sell me this pen. No, but I'm just saying, like, forcing people or coercing people to buy things just doesn't even happen anymore. People, because of the internet, okay, used to want to go buy a car 15 years ago. You didn't know anything about the car. You had to go look at the sales brochure at the car dealer, talk to the guy about the features, the benefits. He would tell you what you what he needed you to know. He wouldn't tell you anything else. You might go to a second car dealership and get a second opinion. But at the end of the day, he was the expert. He would tell you what you need and what you don't need. And then you would make the decision to buy the car. Okay. Today, you can go online, look at every single thing you want to look about that car. You can get reviews on that car. How does it ride? What does it feel like? The bucket seat hurts my back. The seat belts are too tight. I don't like where the windshield wiper thing is. Whatever. This breaks on it. That breaks on it. Okay. 
So you, what you have to do now is educational marketing. Educational marketing. You have to educate people to, they're going to they're gonna Google things like, um, how do you clean vinyl siding? Okay, you're going to go on there and educate them. You're going to show them a video or you're going to write a blog or you're going to do something. We have 140 videos, professionally produced 140 videos. They can go on there and they can look at any video and see see exactly how we're going to do the job. We, we explain it to them. They're seeing our friendly staff. It's not just me and all the videos. It's a bunch of our staff. They're seeing all that. And that's how right now you get information off your phone. You're watching videos off your phone. If you're not giving your customer that experience where they can watch videos, they don't even want to, they don't even want to, who wants to read anymore? People don't want to be bothered with that. That's true, man. And you, you have done a great job with your videos and I almost want to pull one up here. On your website. So you got it. So if you're going to compete with me, you've got to create really, really good content. There's a great book. They ask, you answer. There's another book written by the same author. It's called The Visual Sale. It will walk you through how to do video content. And you know what, Josh? I don't even mind telling everybody that. Like, that's one of my unique things. I don't mind telling people that. Because you know, they're not going to execute on it. No, anyway. they're not going to execute on it. I don't even think 2% <laughs> of the people that are listening to this are going to execute. So I'm not even worried about it. Isn't that crazy? Like, because that you... testimonial where it says we show up, right? The, the, the video? Well, yep. Can you I don't know if the audio screen? will come through. Blow it up to, blow, it's right. Just blow it up to full screen. That little box here. Yeah. So here's a drone video coming down. This is lady's beautiful house. I love this lady, Marissa McCormick. She's so friendly, so polite. She's like, thank you, A plus power worship for cleaning my house. It was so dirty. I love you guys. You know, like, and there's my guys, nice and friendly, washing the house, cleaning the windows. So, I'm sure people can go on there. Actually, those two guys are brothers. That was Alex and Tyler. But the, those <laughs> that, and those guys are great. But what, what I'm saying is you need to bring like, you know, we're going to clean your gutters. We're paying attention to detail. And you have a you have a, a client doing a testimonial. Now, look, you go on YouTube and you watch videos and you go on TikTok or Instagram. And you watch videos. They are not professionally produced like this. People will consume your content if you even just do it off of an iPhone. But do it. Yeah. Do something. Even if it's yeah. iPhone. I think also people, you know, this is this is human nature, and I struggle with this too, is it's really hard sometimes to be willing to do something bad so that eventually you can do it with excellence, right? So that's with anything. If you're gonna do door-to-door sales, you're going to suck for a significant period of time before you can attain mastery. If you're gonna update your website and make it better, like Brian has a super nice <laughs> website. We need to update your Google reviews, man, because you're up to 1200. I know, yeah. You know what? But, one of, the things, but, I, one of I, the things I don't know how to do is WordPress, and I don't wanna know how to do it either. There's no, um, just hire it out, a, right? We use a, a VA for that, and I, uh, I, I asked her, that's when we hit a thousand. We took everybody out on this big tiki hut uh, boat, and we went for a big party. Um, but uh, the, uh, I, I lost my train of thought. Oh, upgrading that. So I use a VA to do that. So what I do is I save up like a whole bunch of edits and send them to her one time. She charges me like a flat fee and I, I have to send them out. But anyway. Well, the, the other thing I think it's interesting about what you've done is you've delayed gratification to some extent because you've had to spend a lot of money reinvesting buying all these trucks, scaling your business up. Sure. I, just everything producing all these videos it's the, you're you're constantly reinvesting capital because you'd live a modest lifestyle relative to what you're earning and that's another key right because people get trapped by their lifestyle and they're stuck right so if your business is doing a half a million you're making 150 and you're spending 150 you you're you're stuck i mean by definition right so people always ask me how much should i pay myself and my answer is always the same. And I love my answer because I think it's spot on. It's as little as possible for as long as possible. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> so there's not like a certain amount. I mean, if you have two kids and you have to buy great, like there's, we have a base lifestyle, but if, if you can reduce it, if you can be the guy that waits to eat the marshmallows so that in 10 minutes you get two marshmallows, that's one of the biggest indicators of successful people is the ability to do that. And it's difficult. And especially if you come from nothing and you want to buy that new truck or you want to, you feel like you deserve it, right? Uh, it messes everything up because this stuff didn't create itself. Brian spent a ton of money uh, 
on all kinds of stuff, marketing and hiring and videos and trainings and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I think that like the reinvestment in my company, it's intentional because I know where I'm going and I have an end game. So my end game is 10 million, sell it, generational wealth. I don't have to worry about anything. You know, a P company will come in and buy it up like nothing. That's private equity. We'll come in and buy it up like nothing. And 100% it will easily. Oh, yeah. And, and so like, that's my end game. But at the same time, like I'm still flying first class. I'm still going to nice places. I go away for a couple of months every winter, bring my boat, go fishing. You know, it's like, I'm not like shortchanging myself. I'm just not living an extravagant lifestyle. You know, I'm not like, I, when I spend money on stuff, I spend money. I like, I'm 61. Like how many, like how much more junk do you need? Like I'm trying to get rid of junk, you know? <laughs> well, like, you, you, you seem like you're, you're comfortable spending money on experiences oh, yeah. rather than stuff. Cool. Fun. Yeah. Th- fun things to do. Like a yeah, trip to Maui. Like if it was like flying to Michigan for the automate grow cell experience and then fighting Rupert puddles on a giant inflatable blow up thing. I with, think that uh, guy cheated. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. And you've also, you've also, I mean, maybe we can kind of round out here and land the plane, but another thing that's awesome about you is you've never been shy about investing in your education, which is another hangup for people. So I know you've, you've been to Howard Partridge's stuff. Ellen Rohr said some words to you. You've shared that story in the podcast before (laughs) that really shook you up and made a big difference, right? But you paid money and got on an airplane and went and learned things. You've You've bought a bunch of educational courses that I've made, plus tons of other people's stuff. You're in a, a program right now that you mentioned to me le- uh, last time we talked about mer- mergers and acquisitions. And so you, you're taking money and you're giving it to people to help you collapse time on on learning. And that's another indicator of someone who's going to do really good. Would I, you agree? Gosh, I can tell you, I, I only wish my mindset was like this years and years ago. I only, I, I, I don't know. I don't add it. Like I didn't wake up until like 2016. I wish I woke up in 2000. I would already be done. I would have been retired 10 years ago. I already blew it up to 10 million and be do something other fun thing. You know, mm-hmm. I just, I guess everything has to happen for a reason in the order it happens in your life. But mm-hmm. I, if I had known all this stuff sooner, I would have done it sooner. And yes, investing, investing in education spending time reading books, spending time watching YouTube videos, learning from other people. Listen, you cannot go wrong learning marketing because you can't grow your business without good marketing. You can't, all right? I I will say though, never put the marketing first and then try to figure it out later on in the operations end because it's just going to fall apart and it's going to become the biggest nightmare you ever imagined. So put put the operations end together and then go get the work. Build your operations end bigger, then go get the work. And, and uh, I, you know, it's not really that hard. It's scary, but it's not hard. Yeah. And the way I looked at it was this. I met a guy one time and it was at, I think it was a PWNA thing or I don't know, some, some uh, convention. We can't remember what it was. And I thought at the time, I thought I was a big deal. Right. And it was yeah. like, everybody in the room stand up. So everybody stands up. I don't know. It was a hundred and something guys in there. So everybody stands up and they're like, Everybody that's doing less than $200,000, sit down. So all these people sat down. And he just kept going up the ladder. And like me and one other guy were the last guy standing. And I think the number they were coming up with was like 700. And we were standing. And they said, okay, you guys can sit down, right? I sat down. There was three guys on the DS, right? And the speaker asked the first guy, what's your gross revenue this year? Three million. What's your gross revenue? Six million. What's your gross revenue? 20 million. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, no, these guys are so full of bull. It's not, that's not true. That can't be true. That's bull. And I went up and talked to them. They're, they were technicians, but they became business people. Mm-hmm. I, went, I went to dinner with one of the guys. I talked to him. And you know this guy? I picked the $20 million guy, right? So <laughs> I went to the $20 million guy. And I sat there and he cleans uh, Ventude systems in restaurants in Canada. And he's all over Canada, the whole country. He goes and buys up small restaurant, vento cleaning companies, keeps the guy on as a partner and builds the business with the guy in it. That's what Tommy's doing right now. As far as I know, that's kind of his model too. Yeah, it's the he's going to build a billion dollar company. When And I just wanted to share something. I think you've seen me do this before, but yep. um, 
your biggest expense. So I learned this from Myron Golden, who's someone I greatly respect and look up sure. to, but here's the deal. So let's say that you're making uh, $150,000 a year, right? What this means is when you ask people their biggest expense, they say taxes, they say college, they say their house, they say all kinds of things, but you're true. All of our true biggest expense is the expense of not knowing in this example, how to make a million dollars, right? So, you know, if you currently are hesitating on, I don't know, joining Conquer or buying a course or anything, not just my stuff, anything that's going to level up your ability to produce at a high level, think of it like this. It's you're spending $850,000 a year to not know how to make a million dollars a year in this example. And that is a mind bomb epiphany. It, it is the biggest expense is not knowing how to do certain things in uh, collapsing time. So I want to recap this and then give us all your awesome closing thoughts with your New Jersey flair. <laughs> but, you know, Brian has, is killing it. He's you, You've heard the interview and I asked him, you know, what would you do if you had to compete against yourself? He said, the first thing you do is make sure his pricing was in order. He would raise the prices, switch to supply and demand pricing, right? Where, you, you know, when your phone's ringing a lot, your prices are higher. When the phone calls dip, you circle back and quote unquote discount the high bid ones that you didn't sell yet and then sell them back at your normal rates. You'd reduce overhead, get really granular with, you know, waste and different expenses that aren't necessary, you know, down to the penny. He'd switch all of his guys to performance pay. He pays 20% and he'd make sure he built out a hiring system. So he's attracting the right employees, even when you're not hiring and that you have applicants coming in to interview and he'd focus on culture using AIR, which is his acronym for appreciation, inspiration, recognition, which is awesome. And then educational marketing, because people don't buy things the same way that they used to. They self-educate, which is very true. Like I think doctors hate WebMD, right? Because patients go to their office and they're like, I have this, I need this prescription. And they think they're a doctor, right? But it's true. People are educated on everything before they ever uh, give you money. So if your website invests in high quality videos or blogs, it's showing the differentiation of your company and what you're doing, the process, obviously you're going to have a huge advantage because almost no one is doing really any of these things. With that being said, what are your final uh, thoughts, Brian? Um, well, just on the performance pay thing, I just wanted to, to go over one thing with the sales team. So the sales team, we give them 15% commission on all the new jobs that are coming in, all the new estimates that are coming in. And, but here's the caveat. They have to handle our existing clientele for free. So if Josh is an existing client and we haven't done his, his wash this house in like four or five years, but we've raised our prices greatly in four or five years. I'm the sales guy. I go out and estimate Josh's house. Even though I raised the price, I'm not getting any commission. But when I go out and I sell the $5,000 job next, the next one on my list today, I sell that $5,000 job. I get a $500, I get a $650 commission and, you know, it makes up for that. So that my sales costs are 10% of my gross sales, even though Got I it. pay 15% because they're still yeah. handling my existing clientele. Well, that, that would be, I think you call it the blended rate that you're paying, right? If you blend yeah, in. Blended both. Rate, yep. That's that's actually really interesting. What are, what are your sales guys able to earn at your company? And what do you oh, anticipate your top guy to make this year? Crushing it. Check this out. I just ran the numbers. This was on um, the the uh, the 30th, okay? Um, for the month, I, uh, our top salesperson ran 126 leads. They had a 68% close rate at 953. Average ticket, 953? 68% close rate, 953. That's because of the marketing and our sales process, right? Mm -hmm. And goes, the pre-framing on oh, yeah, the phone. Close and, and your admin you're doing good. No, close 70% of them and you're doing great. I, I kept thinking like, all right, wait a minute. We're going out, we're doing all this, we're answering the phone, we're driving around, we're doing all these estimates, we're doing all this stuff. 50% of that is wasted? No, no way, I can't do that. I need to recover at least 20% of that. I, ideally, our, we want to get our close rate at 80% and be the most expensive guy. And then people say, well, if your close rate is 70%, you need to raise your prices. Maybe true, maybe not, but we have a we have a capacity thing we're working on too, but we're still the highest price guy. Okay, so anyway, 
her well, it's also i just want to say your admins are playing a big role in that too because of the scripting because you're pre-framing the appointment and you're anchoring them that you're a luxury top shelf company and so they're anticipating right. a big price which is huge we opened for the the month march 15th right but anyway for may her gross sales what she brought to the company was eighty three thousand. that was just her alone right so she's working on about 10 percent of that so she made like eighty three hundred dollars in one month right for the for the year, she still is the highest. She's a seventy two percent close rate, nine ninety three ticket, and she's already sold since May March fifteenth two hundred twenty thousand bucks. So she's made twenty two grand since March fifteenth. Mm. I hope she makes fifty thousand because she's, the more money she she's making, the more money that the company makes. She's making about two grand a week. I mean, that's a hundred thousand dollar run rate right there. So that's yeah. pretty awesome. Well, we're only open eight months. Right, right, right. Yeah, we're only open for eight months, and this is the busy season right now. So yeah, they can make really good money. They get health benefits. They get the bonuses and like everybody else does and, and so forth. But um, I, I do want to just, one thing to air is not mine. It's Howard Partridge's. So appreciation ah. and recognition belongs to Howard Partridge. I like copying people, but I like giving them credit. And I actually really, really respect that you said that, say that. One of my hugest pet peeves is when people, I try to always, even when I just mentioned Myron, I talk about Myron all the time because I use so much of his material, but I constantly... Uh, if it's not mine, I try always really hard to do that. So I appreciate yeah. that. It drives will, me nuts when people. I will do. tell anybody out there who's. I know you have a lot of listeners who aren't in the Conquer program, and they're probably thinking like, "Can I afford the Conquer program? Can I get into the Conquer program? Do I really need the Conquer program?" I'm not here to say anything because I have no skin in the game whatsoever. I can tell you this: the people that are in the Conquer program are really making great strides. I talked to. I just happened to. Um, be thinking about doing Christmas lights. So I called up two of the guys that I used to coach and I asked them, one of the guys was doing 180,000 a year. He's now doing 800. This is three years later. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the other guy was doing 220. And I think he's going to cross a million this year. Yeah. It's so funny because the 220 guy, he came to that event we had in Michigan. What do you call that? What do we call that? Automate Grossell experience. The experience. Right. Okay. So he came to the experience. He was at my table. His wife wanted him to quit. His wife said to me in front of him, so I said, how do you feel about his, him, you know, growing the business and doing all this? I want him to quit. I didn't want him to spend the money to come here. Oh, so I said, okay. So anyway, we all talked and everybody was writing down their goals and where they wanted to get in the, in the you know, in their business and so forth. And he's just stayed the course. He kept doing what he was doing. And I got her on the side later and I'm not going to say her first name, but I said, listen, I said, I want to tell you this. I said, I can see it in his eyes and I can hear it in his voice. He's going to do it with or without you. It'd be a lot easier if you help him. That's savage, Brian Haggerty. Oh, that's what I told her, right? <laughs> and so he came back after lunch and was all in. She just, it was just like somebody needed to tell her that. And I told her that she was all in. Well, She's quitting her job. I just thought to him, she's not going to have to work anymore. <laughs> That's what he wanted to do. That was his goal. His goal was to be to be the provider for his family so his wife did not have to work anymore and can help raise her daughter, their daughter. Man, that's powerful. Yeah. So Conquer changes lives. It's like, you know, I told you about putting the car together. Conquer's already put the car together. They're going to show you how to put the car together. They're going to show you they have the pieces. They got it all. You don't have to invent it. There's a the the um uh the growth not the growth ball what's the uh, base camp base camp I'm sorry the base camp has every system that I have in my company and more is in the base camp it's already yeah, done it's all there and we add to it every week Caleb uh, Winninger um is like our base camp guy and he's got a seven figure business too but he's like the liaison for that and he's just plowing system after system in there and everybody can use them there's hundreds and hundreds there's tens of thousands of dollars worth of documents yep. available for all the conquerors just yeah. just in there I, yeah. it's it's clearly it's 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 undervalued i mean i i'm paying uh um or underpriced i'm i'm paying right now like you mentioned i'm doing coaching I, i'm paying ten thousand dollars for that in just eight weeks mm-hmm $10,000 for eight weeks. But the, yep. the knowledge that I got out of that, it to me is worth a million dollars easy or more. Yep. It is. Cause well, it's because you're an implementer too. Right. Yep. And uh, when I joined, you know, my first expensive mastermind, which is Russell Brunson's inner circle, it cost me 25,000 for a I year. I remember that. Was so, ah! Yeah, it was, it was nerve wracking, but 
actually people, I don't know if I've said this to people, but I actually made a quarter million dollars in profit within less than four months after joining around. I say 90 days was a little bit more than that, but because of one thing he told me to do that I executed on that I wasn't going to do, but I did it because he told me to, and I just paid him all this money just like that. So you get, you get, you get out what you put in inputs and outputs. Some of y'all just need to have more inputs. You got to take yourself more seriously. You know, how are you going to get people to pay you a thousand dollars for your service? If you're not willing to pay a thousand dollars for someone else's service, (laughs) there's a lot of mental stuff wrapped up in that, but uh, I certainly appreciate your time. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Do you it's have any fi- final New, New Jersey uh, nuggets before no, I let you go? If anybody's thinking about, um, you know, if you, if you want to sell your business or you're looking for a joint venture or something like that, you know, feel free to reach out to me and get me a Brian at aplusparowashing.com and uh, just send me an email and, um, you know, we'll, we can get the conversation started. But I'm not even I'm not even here to do that. I'm just saying I'm doing that. No, so. that's actually that's awesome. Just yeah, say your email again, just to make sure it's clear. Go ahead. Yeah, it's Brian at a plus powerwashing.com. You spell the word plus and uh, just feel free to reach out to me and just say, hey, I'm interested in doing a joint venture. I want to sell my business or whatever. And, and um, you know, we'll talk about it. See if it's, you know, if it works, it works. I will tell you this. Joint ventures aren't for everybody. It's like getting married. You really got to think about it. You got to think about, well, this person is going to be my partner. How's that going to work out? There's so many things that you need to think about. Even an exit plan, what's it going to look like? Okay. And Mm -hmm. I have that all figured out. We have all the questions that we can ask each other and go through and really sit down and figure it out. It's almost like we're getting married. And then if it works out, we'll do it. That's a heck of an opportunity, man. And uh, I'm just going to pop a bag of popcorn and watch you hit 10 million and sell to a a PE firm for 20 million. Texas where you, where the same people live. (laughs) Yeah. America. America. (laughs) Hey, we started on a, a political innuendo and we ended on it. So that's perfect. I had to. No, All right. <laughs> Brian, appreciate you, man. Gosh, it's always good, man. I'll talk to you later. If you're ready to go even deeper, go to Facebook and search for The Growth Fall. It's a free community with thousands of other business owners just like you. I'll see you next time on The Growth Fall.